Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. And welcome back to the Laying the Points podcast, the Road of His podcast. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host, the Sultan of Spreads, the Master of Money Lines, Prince of Parlays, even though he doesn't really like Parlays. <laughs> and big Knicks fan. And my good yeah, friend, baby. of course, Matt Lamarca. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, it's our one-year anniversary. How we doing? Doing good. Had to dust the Knicks gear off today. Uh, I wouldn't consider my, myself a big Knicks fan by any stretch, but, um, you know, I think unlike most people, I really uh, liked what they did today. After the initial shock value of, what, we traded Chris Tapps Porzingis? Like, after that initial shock wore off, I think you could see that uh, all the pieces are there for this team to increase their ceiling moving forward. Yeah, I to- I'm totally with you. And, like, Part of the shock was that it just happened so fast. It was like, right. oh, the Knicks are going to look at trading Porzingis. And then like 10 minutes later, well, it was just Literally like, 10 the minutes Knicks are trading later. Porzingis. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the word on the street is that they had kind of been quietly shopping him for a while. Uh, and they used this you know, request to kind of make him out to be the scapegoat in the media. Yeah, definitely. And a uh, quick shout out to Corey for the 100 bits. Appreciate that, man. Um yeah, like I, I, for me, it's like what what the guy's coming off a torn ACL. Like he's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, I just feel like we're maybe remembering him being a little bit better than he was pre-injury. And uh, I mean, some dudes are just always hurt. And when you're seven foot three and you do a lot of athletic stuff, sometimes you're always hurt. His raw numbers last year were good, but he definitely benefited from being, you know, good player on a bad team. Like, he's not, at least at this point in career, he's not, like, a 25-point-per-game scorer, despite the fact that he did that. Like, he shot, I think, 39% from the field last season. Like, that's awful for a big man. So, I agree. I think at this point, Porzingis is probably a little bit overrated. Um, Obviously, still all the potential in the world. You know, guys who can block, you know, two-and-a-half shots a game and make two-and-a-half threes a game are incredibly rare which is why he's been called the unicorn. But, you know, if this works out the way the Knicks are planning it right now, I don't think people are going to be too upset to ultimately see him go. Now, obviously, the Knicks still have to execute their plan. You know, yeah. this only really works if they land Kevin Durant, Kyrie, both. Um, but, like, it's nice to see them playing for the title as opposed to playing for, you know, the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. Yeah, because if they kept Porzingis, like, you know, the restricted free agents still carry, like, even before you sign them, they, they carry a cap hold. So, like, they wouldn't have been able to get two, ma- two max guys, even if they, like, had found some other way to move the Hardaway and Courtney Lee contracts, that they wouldn't have been able to do it. So, I, like you said, like, uh, swing for the fences. And, like, the only bad thing is that you know that, like, if they don't get those guys, it's not like they're going to just keep the flexibility. That's the only thing that bothers <laughs> right. me. It's like you just know they're yeah. going to spend on, a, on like you said, Tobias Harris or someone else. But like even if they ended up with like Jimmy Butler and maybe like Boogie or someone, like I don't know. Like at least like they're not going to be terrible. <laughs> I don't think they'll right. be terrible. So hypothetically, let's say they land Tobias Harris and Kemba Walker and – they get, you know, a top three pick in the draft, plus Kevin Knox. Like, that's still almost as good of a core, if not a better core than what they have now. Like, yeah, they lose some flexibility, but a lot of that flexibility came from getting rid of guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee. You know, like, it's not like this team is going to be worse, even if they strike out. So I I like the home run cut. We'll see what happens. Uh I'm definitely going to be interested in, in booking some Knicks futures when they come out for next season. You know, bets like to win the East, maybe even to win the title. 
Uh, I'm looking to do that before we get definitive news on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because that's where all the value is going to be. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, if you look at the Knicks, you would think, again, think being the key word, that they would only do this if they had some sort of inkling that they were getting some free agents in the offseason. Um, now, maybe the Knicks are just saying screw it and pushing all their chips into the middle with no back knowledge, but, you know, most NBA teams would not operate like that. I get that the Knicks are not most NBA teams, but I'm giving them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here because it does seem like they've be, been behaving a little bit smarter recently. Yeah. So, you know, they might have some backroom shady deals. I mean, we know that stuff goes on in the NBA all the time. They may already know that Kevin Durant is coming. And if that happens, you know, Nick, Nick fans would drive Porzingis to the airport if they knew that that was going to happen. <laughs> so, again, the like... Airport. I'd drive him all the way to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm asking the Knicks fans to have a little faith, uh, have a little patience, and just hope. I know that we've we've been burned, right? We've been hurt so many times before, but it only takes one yes. You know, Miko? Yep. You only need to find the right girl one time. So, Ain't the truth. Hopefully, that's how this works out. And I, I, on the other hand, obviously a great risk for the Mavericks. They gave up essentially nothing. I mean, two first-round picks is a lot. Uh, when it was initially reported, that wasn't like common knowledge in the trade, but they're getting a young player who has the potential to be a star. They already have Luka Doncic. Like if you can build around those two guys and really not give up much, that's obviously a deal that they're, they should make every single time. So, uh, if they can re-sign Porzingis, I think this could potentially go down as a win-win for both teams. Yep. And I'm always down with that. Um, all right. I, you know, and I, and I tell you what, I needed that today because I'm a little under the weather. It's friggin' unbelievably freezing. <laughs> yeah, very cold. And uh, <laughs> at least my fandom is here to keep me warm. I got the heated blanket going right now. Ooh. It is on full go. So I'm ready, Matt. If it takes it too hot, I might start sweating. So uh, we'll <laughs> there see. You go. But I'll try to warm you up a little bit. <laughs> now that the uh, now that the basketball is out of the way. The reason that many of you guys are probably here, maybe, I mean, maybe just like us, that's cool. But uh, the reason that you're probably here is to hear us talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, you may have heard of it before. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, Super Bowl 53, I mean, uh, again, like I said before, our this show started last year, Super Bowl 52. So we, we have officially made it a full year. Pats are two and a half point favorites against the Rams on my bookie. Uh, line opened for like maybe like 10 minutes. It was Pats plus one. On last Sunday, literally like ten minutes. Yeah, and uh, now it's Pat's favorite by two and a half. So, uh, Matt, you are you are the stats and trends guy. I feel like, uh, what do you have for this game? Yeah, I'm gonna let you break down more of the numbers because that's your strong suit, and you literally have like two pages worth of stuff in our outline. So I was excited. I'm gonna focus more on the trends. Uh, I think a lot of people are obviously looking at the Pats and Belichick and the narrative is, you know, Belichick plus time is a fantastic bet. Uh, that hasn't necessarily been the case in the playoffs. These are all numbers are all since 2003, 2004 season. So they do exclude, uh, I believe the first two Super Bowls for the Patriots, but uh, Belichick as a favorite in the playoffs in general is just 15 and 15 against the spread. And in the Super Bowl since 2003, he's two and five against the spread. Uh, his two wins in that time frame against the Falcons and against the Seahawks. Uh, and I think you could make a pretty strong case that they should have lost both of those games. So Belichick, uh, has not been, you know, the covering savant that we've, we're, you know, sort of used to seeing from him, uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, another uh, interesting factor and concerning factor, if you like the Patriots, in my opinion, is that they are currently receiving 77% of the bets. Uh, they're on pace to be the highest bet team in the history of the Super Bowl. 77% uh, of the bets would be concerning on a normal slate, right? But when you're looking at the Super Bowl, when the amount of bets and money being placed are just so much exponentially higher than any other game during the regular season. Uh, that's, that's really concerning. The highest previously bet Super Bowl in the database 
was 68%, which was the Broncos when, uh, versus the Seahawks when they got absolutely shellacked. Um, also interesting, this Patriots team, if you look at their nine Super Bowl squads in terms of point differential, this team is the seventh worst uh, and the lowest since 2003, which was sort of before Brady became Brady. So you could make a case that this is the worst Patriots Super Bowl team uh, in in the last 15 years. Uh, and one thing that I'm looking at is just how much pressure can the Rams put on Brady. Brady has been very good at getting the ball out quickly during the playoffs. But during his career, sacking Brady has had a direct correlation on your ability to cover the game. So per John, Next- John Ewing of the Action Network, when Brady has been sacked zero to one times, the Pats cover at a 67.6% clip. Two to three times, it drops to 58.2. And four plus, it drops all the way to 38.2. So the Rams have been really good at applying pressure this year. I believe they have the third highest pressure rate. And it's also the kind of pressure that Brady typically does not like, which is coming right up the middle from Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue. So uh, overall, that is the big X factor to me is can the Rams win the trench battle on defense. Like we've seen that be the formula on how to beat Brady for years. Uh, And I think that the Rams have a pretty good roster construction to do that. So uh, that's really the one thing that I'm looking at. And and the one question I think that you have to ask yourself above all else is, can the Rams get to Brady in this contest? Yeah, I think that, I think that definitely says it best. Uh, one trend that I saw from uh, Evan Abrams of the Action Network, he said that uh, 16 Super Bowls have seen the point spread move a point and a half or more between opening and closing lines, and the teams that saw the spread move in their direction are 14 and two straight up and 12 and four against the spread. So that is one thing going the Patriots' way. But like you said, the massive, massive amounts of money, you know, the sharps and the public seem to kind of be on the same side here, and that's. Right. And like, I, I would not look at this line move as like a traditional line move. Like this was just like a, oh crap, we posted a bad number. Right. And then it stayed pretty much stagnant at two and a half for most of the, the past two weeks. And every time they move it to three, which has happened a couple of times here and there, they get snowed under by Rams money and have to move it back to three, uh, to two and a half. Yeah. So it's an interesting sort of Vegas dynamic, I think, in this contest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I kind of regret not hitting that uh, advanced line because it was posted in a couple places. Um, but anyway, uh, just like some of my things on the game, uh, Connor Allen at the Quan Edge wrote up a really good Super Bowl preview article. It's actually two articles, but it's like one from the Patriots' perspective, one from the Rams' perspective. Really good stuff. Uh, but a bunch of the stuff that I'm going to talk about came from there, so I want to make sure I, I shouted him out. Uh now, if we're looking at uh, the Pats on offense versus the Rams on defense, uh, you know I'm big into the personnel splits, Matt. Um, huge, huge fan. Uh, the Rams have been killed on the ground this year. They're 28th in rush DVOA, 25th in explosive run rate allowed, uh, according to Sharp Football Stats. But a lot of that has come against 11 personnel. Uh, so three receivers uh, and a tight end and a running back. They've allowed a 53% success rate and 6.1 yards per carry this season against 11 personnel. And the Patriots' most used personnel grouping when running is 11. So without really making like a true, uh, you know, like game plan specific change that the Patriots already do well what the Rams struggle against. Uh, And that applies to the passing game as well. The Rams allowed 9.9 yards per attempt against 21 personnel, two running backs. Uh, the Patriots have the second highest pass rate out of 21 this season. Obviously, a big part of that is, uh, you know, Burkhead and James White are both really active in the passing game. And, uh, they've run a lot of sets this year with those guys in and, uh, Sony Michelle still in the backfield. They've also done some stuff with James Devlin. So, uh, 21 been really successful for the Patriots. So uh, that's interesting. Just yeah. to cut you off really quickly. Mm-hmm. If they run a lot out of 11 and pass a lot out of 21, Yep. Like, is that something that you think the Rams can game plan for? Um, so like, I, I think it, I think it's tough because like, if you try to stop the run against three wide, you're probably going to have too many men in the box. 
and that means you're going to be kind of exposed in the back end. I mean, you'd have to be basically saying like Marcus Peters is not going to get beat. You know, like you have to really trust your corners to do that. Like I think the Patriots can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure that the Rams can. That would be bold, but they might try it. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, because it doesn't jump out to me that the Pats have three wide receivers that you really have to worry about at this point. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Philip Dorsett can beat you deep. Right. Chris Hogan is okay, but like, it's it's really you're focused on Julian Edelman and Gronk. So, uh, you know, it, it, that's interesting to me. I, I don't know. Like, to me, like those numbers saying that they're so unbalanced in those sets would be. Maybe something that a, a good coach could prepare for with two weeks off. Yeah, I mean, well, the fact that the Rams are, are kind of struggling against that stuff means that, like, you have to kind of cover up a weakness also, which is hard. That's hard, I think, to do in two weeks. But I do agree that, like, if you have the extra time and you have, like, these splits, like, maybe you can take advantage of that. Um, Pats have, right, so I said Pats have second highest pass rate at 21 this season. Um when they go three wide, Edelman is likely going to line up in the slot against Nikel Roby Coleman. He of the uh, uncalled roughing or, you know, pass interference play. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's played in man coverage 40.5% of the time this season and allowed a 109.3 QB rating. Uh, Edelman, when targeted against man coverage, 130.8 QB rating. So, uh, mm. obviously, a tough matchup there. I mean, we saw last week Edelman just really crushed. Uh, in like these really key situations over the middle in man coverage. I'm not really sure, honestly, how you could watch that and then just allow the same thing to happen, but uh, it is possible that, that Coleman is just not that good. I mean, I there are ways to, I think, fix that problem. It's just a matter of like, I feel like this happens a lot more on defense than it does on offense, but like these, these defensive coordinators just like do what they do and they don't want to, they like take it as like a hit to their pride if they change what they do. And uh, I kind of think that's what happened with the Chiefs last week. And I, I don't know Wade Phillips really enough to, to have an idea. I know he's really smart. So hopefully he is uh, good. I mean, I, hopefully I'm not really rooting for these teams, but I think uh, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, Rams, I'm rooting for Wade. I'll say hopefully. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, you hate the Patriots. Hate them. Rams' best chance on defense, like you said, is going to be to generate uh, pressure inside. Uh, per next-gen stats, Brady has a passer rating of 118.7 and averages 8 yards per attempt against outside pressure, but just 63.1 QB rating and 5.7 yards per attempt against interior pressure. So huge, huge splits there. That's not that's not uh, pressure versus non-pressure. That's literally when pressured, like where the pressure is coming from, tremendous splits. Uh, and the Rams do generate the highest pressure rate from the interior in the league, 16.6%. So that is... That is where you win the game right there if you are the Rams. Uh, like you said, it holds up in the stats. And we'll see. I mean, I, again, this is where like the two weeks thing gets really interesting because it, it's a lot harder, in my opinion, to game plan against interior pressure because you're really only going to get help there from a back uh, unless you maybe like keep Gronk in on a defensive end and you kind of slide the protection and you can get a double on one of those guys, but it's just, it's not really, it's not really like a comfortable thing. It's not something that people do a lot. So I think that's going to be a really tough thing to stop. And uh, I don't know. I think that, like you said, that's the key. Right. Cause you can double one, but you can't double both. Yeah. And like really when you're pass blocking, like it's not even really like a double, just kind of be like two guys responsible for the same gap. Like it's not, it's not like you're going to like down block him and like take him out of the play. Right. It's just like, a, it's a lot harder. Yeah. And you could tell two guys, okay, you're blocking Aaron Donald on this play. And it just doesn't matter. He's just going to like, <laughs> you, you blink and he's behind you. Right. Like yeah, he's he just has a such a quick get off. Yeah. He's, he's too good. Yeah. He's a beast. Uh, so um, when we go the other way, I, this is, this is honestly where I think it gets really hard for the Rams. Um, like defensively, I actually could see them doing pretty well. Uh, but, their offense is in a really tough spot, I think. Uh, Goff, huge splits for pressure, fourth in passer rating when kept clean. Uh, 28th when pressured. That's a minimum 200 dropbacks. So uh, 117.1 QB rating all the way down to 59.8. Uh, Pats are basically league average in pressure rate. Uh, but we know that if you give Bill the time, he's going to find a way to get you. And last week, New England had a 50% pressure rate against the Chiefs one of the best O-lines in the NFL. So that was 
uh, kind of where they had that big advantage in the game early and pretty surprising. So I think the exotic blitzes, stuff like that, like that's definitely going to be coming. Huge chess match there. Uh, Rams are the heaviest play action team in the NFL, 34%, and one of the best in terms of yards per play. They're third in that statistic. Uh, Pats, again, about league average against play action. Um, but the key is really the coverage because uh, Cooper Cup, very, very good against man coverage. But the other receivers, not so much, and obviously Cup's not playing. Uh, New England plays a ton of man. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, Jason McCordy, J.C. Jackson all play in man or press coverage 59% of the time or more. And we have huge, huge catch rate splits for Cooks and Woods. 52.4% uh, catch rate for both, actually, against man or press this year. Uh, and both of those guys are, are over 72% catch rate against all our other coverages. So uh, those guys have struggled with man. I mean, some of the bigger film guys have kind of said that that's always been an issue with Cooks. Um, Woods, I don't know if it's like a career thing or just a one-year thing. But uh, Josh Reynolds is kind of the only guy to see the big positive splits. Uh, sees like a 20%, 15-20% catch rate increase against man or press. A you know, smaller sample because he hasn't done as much, but... Uh, he is kind of like the only like classic big framed receiver that they have. Uh, so I think he's going to have to have a, a pretty decent impact in this game. Um, yeah. And unsurprisingly, Goff has has struggled against teams to play a lot of man coverage. Right. He's been much better against zone. Uh, and obviously, we've talked in the past about how drastic his home road splits are uh, with, you know, the road being the bad one. And technically, this is a road <laughs> game. Um, and obviously drastic splits with uh, Cup in and out of the lineup. So if you look at it like that, Goff is on the reverse side of his splits in all three of those things versus the Patriots. Yeah, and you have to imagine that the Rams will do similar. Uh, the Patriots will do similar to what they did last week or, they, or two weeks ago, and they said, hey, we're going to take away Kelsey and Tyreek. Uh, I mean, if they take away Woods yeah, and Didn't Cooks, do a great job of taking away Tyreek, by the way. We had like one big catch, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, Damian Williams was the, was the guy. But I, I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like those are pretty key factors for them. And uh, the Patriots also do really well against 11 personnel. 42% uh, success rate, uh, passing success rate, I should say. Third best in the NFL. We know that the Rams run a ton of their plays out of 11. 95% uh, of their passes come out of 11 personnel. So, again, really, really tough matchup, I think, for them. I think that, you know, the Rams are going to need Todd Gurley here. Because the Patriots, we know, struggle all year against the pass-catching running backs. Damian Williams just shredded them last uh, two weeks ago. So, uh, need the girly game. So, let's get into uh, game picks here, Matt. Um, you know, what do you think about the side and the total? Uh, total has come down in this game. It opened at 58. It's down at 56 and a half. So, uh, do you have a lean here and uh, how strongly you feel? I'm going to kick it back to you first. You just gave us a whole bunch of stats. So... I want you to put a little context on it. What do all those stats mean to you? Uh, well, I mean, I think for me, I, I, the game projects to be lower scoring than a lot of people expect. I mean, the Super Bowl has gone over, I don't know, I don't remember how many years in a row, but like, I, I feel like we expect points in these games just because the last few years we've seen really good offenses play, and there's been like a lot of drama and a lot of points scored late in the games. But this is not really projected to be that kind of matchup. Like I feel like for both sides, the, the big takeaway for me was these defenses can actually play, play pretty well. And uh, if that happens, we're not going to see a lot of points scored. Uh, if both teams decide, and I think that there's a chance this happens, that their best shot to score points is to try to run the football, then again, we're talking about you know a quicker game overall, so lower scoring. So I, I feel best actually about the under between the two sides, uh, but I will take the Patriots minus two and a half, um, given that I think overall they have uh, the most matchups won, and uh, I think a field goal, you know, within a field goal, obviously, is, is very, very reasonable to lay here. Yeah, that, the the points shouldn't matter. Like, if you expect to win, the Patriots to win the game, the points shouldn't matter. Yeah. Um, it's just funny to me, like, how far these two teams have come. Like, we started the playoffs with like everybody being excited to bet the chargers against the Pats in the divisional round. Yep. And now we're saying that the Patriots are two and a half points better than the Rams on a neutral field. Yeah. Rams are um, to win for, for basically the whole year. So, I mean, I, that's uh 
I'm making a big switch here. Pretty big change in public perception. Um, and obviously, people have no problem laying the points with the Pats. So uh, I will go out and say that I don't have a great feel on this game. Uh, and I think that that's a lesson that we can all, you know, like hear at times. And, and it's a good thing to keep in mind. Like, just because this is the Super Bowl does not mean you have to bet it. Right. There are literally 15,000 things you can bet on in this game. There's no multiplier awarded because of the Super Bowl. Right, exactly. So uh, I will be looking perhaps to take the Rams if it gets to three, just because I think it's a good contrarian spot, you know, fading the public, uh, fading Bill Belichick in, you know, who has historically not done well in the Super Bowl. Uh, I agree with the under, but again, like, that's not something I feel super confident in. I also might be well interested in live betting this game. Like oh, if the yeah. Pats get the first score, that might be a time for, for me to uh, get in on the Rams. So uh, I think there will be the uh, opportunities for me to place plenty of money in this game. I'm not worried about having to have action on a side uh, or a total for that matter. So I- I'm really going to tread lightly. Uh, unless it gets to three, then I will probably take a, a longer look at the Rams. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point with the live betting because, uh, I mean, these markets, these live betting markets really overreact to the early action. And uh, especially since the total is already placed like a little high, like if someone just goes down the field and scores, uh, it's going to it's gonna be pretty high total. You know, like I, I think definitely trying to react. Like, obviously, if you wait for the live betting, like you might not get your opportunity if, yeah. uh, you know, things kind of just go the way you expect. But, like, chances are they won't. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, I feel like, giving yourself an opportunity to like basically have more information and then make a play is always, is always good. And uh, right. Like if the Rams come out and score first, maybe you take the Patriots at that point. Like I I think, I think it's going to be close either way, which is again, why I don't have a great feel on this game. So uh, I might just be looking uh, again to just try and and see what the market is doing and, and try to find a spot to take advantage during the game. Yeah, totally with you. By the way, um, I don't know if this is ha- happening at like my bookie or like some of these like offshore books, but I'm pretty sure like DraftKings is doing uh like live props as well, which is uh mm. pretty insane. I was watching, I was following them last night for basketball, so I imagine they'll have them for the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, I I would I would bet you're right. Like if you can do it during any game, it's going to be during the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, so. I think that would be pretty sick. Uh, so speaking of props, let's get into them. Uh, I'll talk. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. We'll talk about the same couple we talked about last year, just like the ones that I think a lot of like average bettors will bet on. I know you don't like these bets, but that's uh, you got to suck it up for the listeners. That's not true. Um, I don't like one of the bets. Okay. <laughs> All right, fair. Um, so we're going to start with uh, first player to score a touchdown, Matt. Who do you have for this one? Yeah, so this is the bet that I hate. Uh, I feel like these props are never priced fairly. Like, it, first you have to get the team right, then you have to get the player right. It's just, it's very hard. You never get true odds on these. So I would never bet one of these in real life. But for the sake of the show, I will go with a longest shot because I feel like that's the best way to try and get fair odds on this. Uh, and I'm going to take Rex Burkhead at plus 1,400. Sure. We've seen him serve as the Pats goal back at times this season since he's come back from injury. So I think there's a chance he gets the call if they get the ball down inside the five-yard line. Uh, and just compared to the other Patriots running backs right now, Sony Michelle is plus 450 and James White is plus 900. 
Uh, I think Burkhead presents the best value of the trio. Um, you could also talk me into CJ Anderson at plus 1000. I think that, uh, even though his overall involvement might be down in the game, he still might profile as the goal line back. Um, so I think that that w- might be the way I'm leaning on the Ram side, but I'll take the extra 400 with Burkhead and the Patriots who have, you know, the higher implied team total. So you would imagine the better chance to score the first touchdown. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, I'm definitely on board with that. You know, honestly, Burkhead was one of the, was, uh, on my short list, but I ended up going with Gronk. Uh, nine to one, same odds as White. Honestly, I, I just thought like it, this is gonna be a Gronk heavy show for me again. I mean, I just I just think that this is gonna be a classic Gronk game. Um, I mean, last year he scored twice in the Super Bowl. He was used a ton last week. Like we saw the double digit targets again. Like I just feel like all year Bill was just protecting Gronk. Like we're gonna just we're gonna just. He can block really well. He's like the best blocking tight end in football where he's going to block a lot. We're not going to leave him exposed. And then in the playoffs, we can just ramp it up. I mean, the guy literally might never play another game again after this. <laughs> speaking, just, of, speaking of ramp it up, do you know, uh, is the uh, Mercedes-Benz Dome uh, handicap accessible? Otherwise, I'm not sure if Gronkowski will be able to make it into the stadium. How dare you? <laughs> You know, like, uh, I don't know, somebody might have to carry him if they don't have a ramp for his wheelchair these days. <laughs> well, uh, I feel like Tom Brady will carry him in if he has to. Sure. That's his boy. He does love him. That video that they made after the Chiefs game was, oh, was great. Was great. I loved every part of it, even though I hate Tom Brady. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like Gronk's touchdown equity in the offense is still pretty high. And, uh, I mean, certainly Michelle... Makes sense as a favorite. I mean, he's scored a bunch of goal line touchdowns, but I still think that if they're going to throw for a touchdown, the best odds go to Gronk, and I, I think 9-1 to one is, is, is too long. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you really do believe that this is the same player, like what would these odds have been last year? 4-1? to one? Yeah, probably. So you're getting a lot of value. So I can't hate it. I personally am not nearly as confident in Gronk as you are, but I, get, I totally get the logic as well. Yeah, it's going to be a big captain play in the Millie showdown for me. <laughs> what about the first quarter showdown? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I'll tell you what. The live, like, I say now I won't do it, but I guarantee you at halftime of that game, I'm, I'm putting in lineups. Like, I just, I know myself. Yeah, it's funny because I, I'm reading um, that, that Dueling with Kings book right now, uh, which is kind of about the DFS industry and, like, one of the things that made it fit through the fantasy loophole to begin with was that it had to be focused on multiple games. Like you couldn't just have a one game slate essentially. Yep. And obviously that's gone way out the window. Now we don't even have just one game slate. We have one quarter slates. Betting's legal, baby. Yeah. So uh, it's not legal everywhere, Anthony, just because you live in New Jersey. I think I feel like I have to remind that uh, to you at certain points. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not moving. I'm not moving anytime soon. So, <laughs> uh, but I actually do think, and obviously I'm the driver of the show, but I actually do think that there's going to be some edge in those slates because I think people are just going to play. You think like, there's edge in every slate? <laughs> there's always an edge, man. There's always you an edge. really do. You love you you uh, you every week. You got a new a new scheme. You got to find the edges. <laughs> find the edge in life. That's my lesson for the listeners. Um, let's talk about MVP. Uh, we have similar thoughts here, Matt. I'll let you go first since oh. you didn't like the first prop. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I really like Jared Goff at plus 220. Uh, this might not be my favorite pop- prop in the whole game, but it, but it's pretty close. So the historical numbers say that QBs are not a lock to win the MVP. I think it's something like 50, 55% of the time a quarterback wins the MVP. But the recent numbers suggest otherwise. So seven of the, the past nine MVPs have been the quarterback for the winning team. And the two exceptions have been Peyton Manning when the Broncos beat uh, the Panthers, and he could barely throw a football at that point. That was a Von Miller goat game. And Russell Wilson didn't win it when his defense held arguably the greatest offense that the league has ever seen to eight points. So barring a just disastrous game from Goff, or a Herculean effort from someone like Aaron Donald, uh, I think that Goff should be 
better odds than this. I mean, if you think about it, the Rams are only plus 120 on the money line. So you're getting, you know, a, an extra 100 points of value here if you think that Goff has a good chance of winning the MVP if the Rams win, which I do. Yep. Uh, I would say it's, you know, probably something like 75%, which uh, to me makes this a really enticing value play. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, what what do you think, like, the MVP equity is of, like, the quarterbacks? Like, it, it's really, really high. Well, with the Patriots, it's literally, like, 95%. Right. I mean, James White could not have done anything more in the last game. <laughs> the last time they won, and he still didn't. Right. Tom Brady could literally walk out, take a crap on the 50-yard line. If the Patriots win the game, he's getting an MVP trophy. Yep, 100%. Um and yeah, like I just feel like God, I mean, we had the same conversation last year about Nick Foles. Yeah, like there's just no way. There, I shouldn't say no way, but it's just like if they win the game, Goff's probably going to have to make a few plays, and he's the quarterback of the friggin' team. So, right. I think the public's mindset is that there are more ways for different Rams players to win the MVP, but it's probably not as many as people are expecting. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Totally agree. Especially if you think that the running back situation remains, you know, a split. Like if you're not expecting uh, Todd Gurley to command 100% of the touches, it's tough for a running back to win it. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, I I, I mean, again, we're in agreement here. I don't need to convince you, but I think Goff at plus 220 is sharp. Yeah, I I really like it. And, uh, again, we talked about this. Like if you like the Rams to win, you know, the Rams money line is is not nearly as big as this, so you obviously take on a little bit of risk that they win and Goff does not win the MVP. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think overall you're you're gaining value. Yeah, and you can you can split it. I mean, that exactly. one year with the with the Seahawks, uh, when uh, I don't even remember who won the freaking like KJ Wright or someone. Yeah, some random linebacker. Uh, I had. I mean, both of us were very very heavily invested in the Seahawks. And I had a bet on Wilson to win the MVP. I think he was like plus 300 that year. Uh, and I didn't win, but I still made out because the Seahawks won the game outright. Yep. So I don't feel as confident that the Rams are going to win this game outright. But for sure, like you can bet these in combination. That was a pretty funny year, too, because we had like that was the Omaha bets. That was out. That was my best Super Bowl ever. Will a you know will a safe will there be a safety which is like the worst bet every year but you would have hit that like, <laughs> yep lots of fun stuff yeah um, I think there was a safety in three straight years and what made it even more interesting was it was always the first or last score of the game wow yeah that's mega odds um because there was that year with the Niners where the Baltimore punter ran out of the back of the end zone I'm pretty oh sure oh my gosh I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> there was the Manning uh, safety, and then there was the yep. Giants getting Brady in the end zone uh, for intentional grounding, yeah, which was a safety on the first score. So three straight years where it happened. Love it. That's fun betting trivia with Matt Lamarca. Yeah, and like the books obviously got slaughtered, uh, which is why this the safety odds are so out of whack. Like I, I didn't list it because I think it's like minus nine hundred, but. The math suggests that betting that there's no safety in the Super Bowl is just a tremendously sharp bet. If you have the bankroll, you should take advantage of that. Nice, good to know. If you if you're if you're uh, if you're a big bankroll better and you listen to this show, first of all, thank you. Send us a line, <laughs> uh, but also make that bet. Uh, let's get into our favorite props, Matt. We'll each give three. Uh, you can go first. These are just. Props that we see on my bookie, but I mean, you can pretty much find these props anyway. Yeah, shop around for the best line because the lines on these are going to vary pretty wildly. Uh, Like my first prop, I have seen as high as minus 220, but it's only minus 160 on my bookie. So good odds on my bookie for this prop, which is will any team score three unanswered times? Um, That is any combination of touchdown, field goal, safety. Extra points, two-point conversions don't count, but you win the bet if one team has three consecutive scores of either a safety touchdown or field goal. Um, so looking and diving into this per Bet Labs, there have been 175 playoff games since the 03-04 season and has scored uh, 
three consecutive times one team has in 14 of them. Uh, that's a 65.1% cover rate. That's already giving you enough value for a yes on this prop. Uh, minus 160 odds translate to 61.5%. But that's not factoring in the projected game flow of this contest. Like, I know we both like the under, but the total at this game does sit at 56 and a half. So we can expect there to be at least some, some scoring here. Sure. Uh, and if you look at playoff games with a total of at least 55 points, there have been 11 of them. And at least one team has three unanswered scores in 10 of them. So wow. small sample size, but it makes sense, right? Like if you're pitting two good offenses against each other and expect points, there's a good chance that one of the teams is going to score three times, be it, you know, field goal, touchdown or whatever. Like even if you factor in halftime, you know, like that's a classic Patriots special score before the half, get the ball back, score again. Now you only need one score on either side of those to be a winner on this prop. So uh, I really like this. I think minus 160 is very fair. Uh, I'd play it up to minus 200. Uh, but I think you can, you know, find the best odds and shop around. Really like that call, Matt. I mean, that's the kind of deep dive you got to do for these props. Uh, I'm going to go way more basic. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go with all reliable Gronk to score. Uh, it's even money on my bookie. Uh, personally, I will not be betting this at my book. I mean, I, I think you can. Like, this is probably the lowest I take it. But uh, I know on DraftKings Sportsbook, it's plus 150, which is uh, quite tasty. Right. 50 points of free value. Yeah. You can't say no to that. And, um, again, like, I, I really like Gronk to have a nice game. We saw the targets last week. I, I don't want to make the same arguments I just made for the, the, the first touchdown. Um, but he has the whole game to do it, and he scored twice last year. So, like, I, I mean, I... I agree. I, I do not think that Gronk is the same player, but I think that in a big game, he still captures like much of the same uh, level of importance within the offense. So for that reason alone, I think that he has a good shot to score, and uh, I'm gonna bet him. I mean, I, I think like I think basically like leveraging perception is always good. And uh, again, like Gronk last year was a favorite to score. Yeah. Now you're getting him for like much, you know. Betting in the right spot, you get it at much better odds. Right. I think you parlayed, or there was a bet that combined Gronk to score and the Pats to win. Right. And that was like a slight favorite. Yeah. So this year, you can just get Gronk to score at plus 150. So I totally agree. There are plenty of people out there like me that think that old man Gronk is done. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, it has, even if he's in the wheelchair, like just. If they're in a goal line situation, he's still pretty tall. He could probably still. It's do it. true. But if they're like, I like him to score a touchdown probably more than I like, you know, his catch or or yardage props. Exactly. Because even if he is mostly a blocker between the twenties, like you know, he's going to be involved in the red zone. Exactly right. All right, Matt, give us your second prop. All right, prop number two: uh, C.J. Anderson under forty nine point five rushing yards. Uh, this is minus 135 at the current number. I've also seen lower yardage totals with better odds at other books. So I will, would probably be more inclined to lay the juice and get the higher number. But if you want to risk less money and have a chance at a bigger payout, I'm totally okay with that too. Uh, Anderson has been super good for the Rams, right? I'm not denying that. And he's not going away. He's going to have a role in this game. But... If you look at the NFC Championship, he outcarried Gurley 16 to 4 in that game. Uh, I'm expecting a much, much tighter uh, split between the two in this contest. I would expect Gurley to be on the right side of this, the timeshare. But then again, I said the same thing in the NFC Championship. So uh, it, I could be wrong, but even with those 16 Garys, Anderson did not hit the over on 49 and a half yards versus the Saints. So I think we have multiple ways to win this prop, which I like. Uh, if you think that this is going to be a fast-paced game or a high-scoring game, I think that only increases the appeal with Gurley since he is the better pass catcher of the two. And obviously more time with Gurley on the field means less opportunities for Anderson to accrue rushing yards. So yeah. uh, I like this prop. I think that Gurley is, is you know, backing Gurley in this game is probably sharp. So I will uh, fade Anderson because it gives me a couple of different ways to win it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you. That that's gonna line up with with my next prop actually, and uh, yeah, like I think the two guys that I'm looking to buy on the most in this game, the DFS or uh, the betting market, is uh, you know Gronk and Gurley. Uh, we're not really sure what's going on, right? I mean, I I feel like we haven't gotten like a great explanation. It sounds like the team the team refuses to say that he's not healthy because he hasn't been on the injury report. That would obviously be a huge violation on their part. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe he just had the yips last week, and and McVeigh said, it, you know, forget it. We'll just go with, we'll go with the guy that we need to run the football because I think that was kind of a different spot for them. But like in this game, they have to throw the ball to Todd Gurley. C.J. Anderson has butter sticks for fingers. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta throw it to, to Todd. You gotta throw it to the money. And uh, Gurley had, well, let me tell you what the prop is first. Uh, Gurley receptions over three and a half. Uh, it's minus 115. Again, I'm pretty positive. The last time I checked this on uh, DK, it was plus money. So I, I think it was like plus 105. So Sounds like a better bet. Yeah, I'm having, I'm <laughs> doing most of my betting for this game on drafting sportsbook. I'm a company man. Um, but I, I think that uh, getting the plus odds especially is tantalizing, but I just think it's a straight-up good bet. I mean, Gurley had three targets last week, and he barely played. Like I think in this game... He's going to be on the field a lot more. Uh, the mismatch with the linebackers, I think, is key. Uh, there's just, like, no way on earth that McVay doesn't know that that's an important matchup. Um, and we've seen them kind of all year be able to creatively get Gurley the ball, like, whether it's out of the backfield or, like, a bunch of times, like, an empty. They just, like, run him in, like, a drag route, like, really kind of cool stuff. So, like, if you just look at, like, what he, Gurley's done all year, it's a pretty competitive line. Like, he's hit this in like half the games. Uh, but I think that like in this particular spot, uh, there is even more incentive for them to throw him the ball. And, uh, you know, you could mess around with like the yardage props. Like I, I thought about those as well, but I think like just, I think just locking in the receptions is a good, is a good move. Cause even if, you know, again, just like a screen pass to catch. So, you know, a couple of those one catch out of the backfield, all of a sudden you're made. So I think that, uh, I think we're going to be in good shape here on this prop, and I like it. Uh, again, preferably for plus money, but I, I would take it probably uh, as low as like minus 120. Yeah, and going through his game log, he had at least five targets in all but three games during the regular season. Yep. Uh, that number has been down in the playoffs, obviously, but he hasn't been on the field as much. So if you're expecting a bounce back in terms of uh, just snap percentage. I think that that's a sharp bet. All right, Matt. Your third one here is my favorite. Yeah, so, uh, I had to find a fun one, right? Yeah, I like it. It's no Olympic medals bet, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> which good. you got slaughtered on. Yeah, that was just a. St- <laughs> I thought I was so sharp, and uh, the USA did not come through for me. <laughs> yeah, that for for people that uh, don't don't remember, Anthony bet the U.S. Uh, was it total medals or gold medals? Uh, total medals. U.S. total medal- medals greater than winning team score in the Super Bowl. Yep. And obviously the Pats, what did they have, like 44 in that game? Like yes. You were drawing dead before the Olympics even started. What was the Eagles last year? Oh, right, the Eagles, yes, sorry. So you were drawing dead before the, <laughs> the Olympics even started, which – you know, I still, you know, it, just because you lost doesn't mean it was a bad bet. It's just funny to look back on it now. Shoot or shoot. So I am going with a cross-sport prop. Uh, I'm going to my beloved National Basketball Association, and I am taking Blake Griffin points plus four versus New England Patriot points. Uh, that's minus 115 on my bookie. Uh, the cross-sport props, I'm not sure what the availability is going to be like on most books, but... Uh, I really like this line. So if you look at the implied team total for the Pats, it's 29.25 right now. And we kind of think that that's high to begin with. Uh, Griffin has averaged 26.3 points per game this season. So if you give him the four, that's already getting him up over 30. And what really moves this over the line for me is the fact that Blake Griffin is playing the Clippers on that, on that Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. So if you're not familiar, uh, Blake Griffin really, really upset about the fact that the Clippers traded him during the offseason. You know, they went through 
and made this whole big marketing pitch about how his jersey was going to be hanging in the rafters one year and offered him like the five-year Supermax deal uh, and then basically shipped him out to Detroit the following season. So his first game against L.A. this year, there was a pretty famous thing where Steve Ballmer tried to shake his hand and, and Griffin just ran right past him. Like, we talk about revenge games in the NBA a lot. Like, Blake Griffin versus the Clippers is a revenge game. Oh, yeah. He does not like them. Uh, not to mention the fact that Clippers in general are a good matchup. Like, they play fast. Uh, the, the Pistons are going to probably be implied to score more points than they average on the season in that contest to begin with. So, uh, he scored 44 his first game against the Clippers. That was in LA. Uh, I think that Griffin is, is definitely a strong bet here. I don't think you're going to need the four points, but I will gladly take them. I, I could see Griffin going for, you know, at least 30 with an upside of 40 plus in this game. Uh, and again, we don't really necessarily think the Pats are a lock to get to, to 30. So, uh, I think that Griffin is the way to go here. I like him at minus 115. I love it, Matt. Uh, huge fan of the cross sport. Huge fan. Of, I mean, you're hitting all the things I love. Right? Revenge narrative. For sure. It's just a, it's a fun bet. It's a very fun bet. And that's what the Super Bowl is about, right? Like, obviously, we want to make money, but it's about having fun, too. Totally with it. Um, I'm going to go with a more traditional bet. Uh, I couldn't find. I mean, there's no Olympics this year, so I couldn't find uh, you know a better one. <laughs> Um, but I'm taking Julian Edelman against Robert Woods minus 120 receiving yards. I I mean, I just, I think this is just a smash bet. Like I, we mentioned the cornerback matchups before for each of these receivers. Edelman is in a way better spot against uh, Roby Coleman than Woods is against, I mean, take your pick, but likely Stefan Gilmore or Jason McCourty, um, who have been the best cornerback duo in the whole league. Uh, Edelman has been seeing a ton of work recently, uh, 10 or more targets in five of his last six games. Uh, Woods, even though, even though we've talked a lot about like his role expanding with Cup out, uh, he's only hit double digit targets once, uh, in the last five weeks. And that was last week. So, uh, I actually think that his usage is maybe being a little overvalued. Uh, certainly like if we think that the Patriots are winning at some point, That'll funnel like some more passing, but I, I, again, I think this game plays pretty close. I'm not really sure that either team is really going to skew like super heavy one way or the other. Uh, so I think like uh, raw targets, we can expect more for Edelman, and uh, the Patriots really don't give up a lot of big plays, uh, and Woods is not really a big play guy. So I, I thought about actually doing this with Cooks, but I had to lay a little bit more. And uh, you know, Cooks I think can kind of get you there in one or two plays. I really don't buy that Woods is. That kind of player. I mean, certainly anything can happen, but uh, he typically is not one for the long receptions. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to just take steady Eddie with Edelman, and uh, you know, again, you got to lay a little bit of juice, but uh, I think it's worth it. Would you? I mean, if you really like Edelman in general, mm-hmm. would it might just be better to bet his yardage prop overall? That way, you don't have to worry about what the Rams receiver is going to do. So I was looking at that. And I was just a little conflicted. Like I, I thought that if I just took him straight up against one other player, then like even if he had like kind of a bad game, I'd still have outs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of my thought process. But I, I think what you're saying obviously uh, also makes sense. His yardage prop is is very reasonable. So I, I don't right. It's like seventy five or something like that. Yeah, it, it it changes here and there depending on where you look. But uh, you actually you mentioned this before. I, I kind of was wondering if you had any more thoughts on this. Like. So when you're betting like these uh like yardage props like you would take you would take the number over the juice every time or like you know assuming it's basically proportional. Yeah, I mean that's that's my general philosophy. Um I, I like having a little bit of cushion. I mean especially when we're talking lower numbers. You know sure, like yeah. like 5 yards when we're talking 49 and a half versus you know like 44 and a half, that's roughly 10%. So when you get up to the higher numbers, it's not as big of a deal. Like maybe in that case, you're better off taking uh, the extra money. But I, I personally prefer to just lay the extra juice and uh, and try to win, you know, a, a regular size bet. Um, 
I mean, in in long uh, in the long run, does it matter? Probably not. But that's just how I'm approaching it. I could be totally wrong, by the way. You know, like it could be a situation where it's like buying the extra point in, uh, you know, buying a half a point on a game spread. So it would be really interesting if somebody did the legwork on that and crunched the numbers. But uh, I, I doubt that that data is like just readily available to the public. Yeah, so. Uh, as a corollary to this, I do also like the uh, Rams unders. Depending on where you get them, you know, you get better odds. I mean, it's minus 170, 80 and a half yards for Woods. I think you can get that probably a little price a little better elsewhere. Uh, Cooks, Cooks is under his plus money on other books. So I, I'm pretty positive that's a good bet somewhere else too. So just things I'm considering. Yeah, basically, I'm trying to be consistent with what I talked about at the top of the show. Tough matchups for the receivers. Good matchup for Gurley. Is back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Picks of the week. Let me hear it. Uh, you know, I assume this will probably be something we already talked about, so you can just give us the bet. Or if uh, you want to embellish, feel free to embellish. You, you've earned it. Yeah, my uh, uh, my thought process was the three straight unanswered score prop, the Blake Griffin prop, and the Nick Foles for MVP prop. Uh, Ultimately, I am going to go with these three straight unanswered scored. Uh, it's the highest juice of those three, but I also just feel like the most confident in it happening. Yep. <laughs> so it would make sense that that is my bet of the week. So again, like uh, I'm, I'm probably going to take a pretty cautious approach in this game. I'm not looking to, you know, like unload the clip, but uh, I think that that prop particularly at the minus 160 odds that are on my bookie, uh, is really appealing right now. Yeah, I like it. And uh, I am going to dip on, on quality odds and uh, a quality bet. And I'm going to go with Gronk to score. Second Super Bowl in a row. That's been my pick to win, my pick <laughs> of the week. And uh, we hit it last year. We're going to hit it again this year. Gronk is going to get it done for plus 150. So uh, get the bets in. I, I'm just a huge Gronk fan. You know, I mean, I, what can I say? Unabashed. Unabashed, as Gronk would want. <laughs> you have to bet $69 on this, though. That's the only stipulation to bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, I think you made a really good point just kind of in passing there, which is you want to tell a consistent story with your bets. Like, we talk about that in DFS all the time. Um I think it applies for prop betting as well. Like if you like the Patriots in the game, you probably want to back the Pats and fade some of the Rams on the prop bets. So like I, I would just say focus on making sure that, that your props tell a consistent story and that you're in a position where, you know, if, if the game goes the way that you think it's going to, you're going to clean up as opposed to, you know, trying to, to cover all sorts of different scenarios. Yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, you obviously can't, on a lot of spots at least, you're not going to be allowed to, like, parlay your props, but that doesn't mean you can't still take advantage of correlation. You know, you just win some bets, and uh, hopefully we get things right. That's our that's our objective. So, that'll do it. Super Bowl 53 edition of Laying the Points. We made it, Matt. We made it through a whole year of shows. The people, we think at least, are still listening. I haven't gotten fired yet, which is, it was like minus 200 in Vegas, but I would say something <laughs> stupid. Really exciting but, uh, stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Hopefully we can do it again next year, Anthony. Yep. I mean, hopefully we're taking some mixed bets next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. You know, be sure to subscribe, rate, review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And as always, may the odds be ever in your favor. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. 
They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. 